to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, squaddies. Hey. Welcome to episode 92 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we are recapping our trip to Mammoth Cave National Park in the state of Kentucky, as well as talking a little bit about our time in Nashville, Tennessee, utilizing it as our hub before our ventures to Mammoth Cave National Park. We also have some of the best squad tips to give you guys so that you can do this trip yourself. We took this quick weekender trip back in February to Nashville, and we drove up to Kentucky to visit Mammoth Cave National Park. It's the only national park in the entire state of Kentucky, and it's the longest cave in the entire world. Wow. I've been wanting to go to Nashville for a couple years now. I was supposed to go there in 2020 for my birthday, but we all know what happened. What happened? happened? (laughs) (laughs) But Mammoth Caves looks really cool. Caves in general are just amazing, so interesting. So now as I look ahead to this year's birthday or next year's birthday, I'm definitely going to be adding in Mammoth Caves. So since I wasn't on this trip, why don't we dip in with the tips? Dip in with the tip. I like that, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) So one of my favorite tips, and I've probably given it on most of our episodes, is to download the offline maps. You're going from Tennessee into Kentucky. There are some rural areas. And when you get into the national park, there isn't the best service. So it's always nice to have offline maps already downloaded so that you can just keep to your route. Yeah. And another tip is to reserve your cave tours in advance through the recreation.gov website. You don't get this through the national park website or anything. You have to do it through recreation.gov. It is a cave. They do have guided tours. They have so many different tours that you can do. When we went, it was earlier in February of this year, still coming outside a little bit of COVID. So they had reduced tours than their normal capacity. But depending on when things fully reopen, a plethora of tours to do and choose ranging from, you know, one hour to four to five hours in there and even going further into the cave than we went. Yes. And so we had some goals for this trip. One, we wanted to knock off another national park. Part of our bucket list is to hit them all. And so that check marked this box. It wasn't a far trip from Nashville. It was like an hour and a half drive. So super close. And we, well, not we, I have a love and newfound love for barbecue. Jamal does it? No, I love barbecue, but Brittany, like, she's been really on a hankering for barbecue. Everywhere we go now, it doesn't even matter if barbecue is part of the cuisine of that area. She's looking for barbecue. So when, we, so when we were in Tennessee and they're known for their barbecue, she's like, fuck, barbecue. Like, we're going, which is fine, but well, she's wild like, on it. You know, now. Kim, anywhere we go, where's the Thai food? Where can we get Thai food? <laughs> or do they have high tea? Let's do high tea somewhere. Mm-hmm. But, like, mine right now, I'm on a barbecue kick 
hard. And so I love going to new places and trying out their barbecue and visiting new spots and trying it out. And Tennessee seems to have a thing for dry rub barbecue ribs. Probably not my favorite style, but of course I just want to try it in general. Also Nashville hot chicken. Was that on your goals list? It was, you know, when we went originally it wasn't but then when we were there we realized how do we forget hot chicken like they're famous for it here so we made sure that we included the hot chicken on the list that is for sure so glad we tried it i'm thinking about having to attempt to make it myself here there's been a couple menu item times when we've been planning our meals at home where it's almost made the list but for whatever reason it hasn't so i need to get on it save it for our next recording day and let's have that all right hot Mm. chicken for kim i got it and if you don't know what hot chicken is it's fried chicken coated in hot sauce and it's usually paired with white toast and pickles to balance out that heat or you can try it on a sandwich Mm. so which is my preferred way to have nashville hot chicken and then another goal because we were in nashville was to visit a honky tonk and line dance no line dancing, just visit the honky tonk. I have, I have no rhythm whatsoever. I can't even dance. Even something as simple as line dancing, I'm sure I would feel miserably at. However, uh, that was not on the list. We were there. We're like, all right, people go to Nashville all the time for the honky tonks, the live music. It has that scene. I'm not into country music. I'm not a hater on it. But when you're there, you can't not go, right? I mean, it, it's silly not to. So we definitely wanted to, to do that. I just want to know, how did you grow up in Woodland, California and not like country music? Well, I just want to say I was not an FFA like you two (laughs) ladies over here. So maybe that's where your love of, well, I shouldn't say love, your um, acceptance and like of some country music came into play. Yeah, I am not a country music fan, but I will get down to some Shania Twain. Well, Shania Twain (laughs) is country, but not really country. I like Shania Twain. You play Shania Twain, I'll get down on Shania Twain. You'll feel like a woman? Uh, No, but uh, I'll respect and love the song. I could tell you that. Yeah, Jamal just gave out some secrets about Kim and I. We were both in FFA. We both did vegetable crop judging. (laughs) I've actually driven a tractor. Can you believe it or not? That's cool. So this was right up Brittany's alley then was the honky tonk. Yeah, and Kim and I have even raised some animals for show at the fair. (laughs) If you didn't know that. (laughs) Look at us now living in the big old city. So this was just a quick little weekender for us. We flew out on a Friday after work into Nashville, and we got there in the evening. We knew the next day that we were going to be going to Mammoth Cave National Park, but we decided, fuck it, we're in Nashville. We need to hit the ground running and get barbecue and get some honky-tonk action in. But hold on. We got to go back. Let's go back. I have a question about the flight. What airline did you fly in? Do you remember how much you paid or cost? We flew Southwest, Mm. San Diego to Nashville. And I want to say our ticket was about $128. Round trip or just there? I want to say each way, but I do have companion pass. So although I paid for my tickets, Jamal only paid for the taxes. Okay, so it was about then $240, $250 for each of you because of this companion pass, which tell us how you got that. So I got an offer in the mail to sign up for a Southwest credit card and that they would add companion pass for a year's time. I got it at the end of 2020 and they said that they would honor companion pass through 2021. Cool. So now every time you buy a flight, Jamal gets his flight or Kim or anyone else you want to bring gets their flight for just the taxes. For just the taxes. That is a killer deal. It's a killer deal. So they offered that as one of the sign up specials for that credit card for Brittany. 
you can actually earn companion pass with Southwest. You obviously have to do so many flights in a year or accrue so many points and you can get it. But every so often they'll include that as one of their perks for a credit card sign up. And we obviously had to take advantage of that. I mean, we fly and rep Southwest all day, every day. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes it a really good deal that way. So Jamal, why don't you tell us what we did to hit the ground running on Friday? So after we landed and got our rental car, we went to our hotel. We checked into the Clarion Hotel. It was in downtown Nashville across the river from the main side of downtown, but we were pretty much right there in the the thick of it. We just had to cross a bridge and we were pretty much there. So it was walking distance to the honky tonk? It was walking distance. We did not because it was fucking cold. We were there in February. We literally left on a... Sunday to come back home to San Diego the day a storm was coming in. We just barely missed it. So it was already cold and it got even colder. So it was within walking distance, but we opted not to do that because it was so cold. And do you remember what that hotel went for? And would you recommend? I mean, I would recommend because of its proximity, especially if during warmer times you're going to walk downtown, which I would recommend because once we get to it here, when we tell you where we tried to park, It's ridiculous how much it is to park downtown in Nashville, like Mm -hmm. ridiculous. So I'll save that price to the point when we get there. So I would recommend for the proximity, decent hotel, um, nothing great, but it did have a breakfast buffet, but because of COVID and stuff, it was closed, but they did give you a prepackaged breakfast in the morning, which made up for it pretty good. Biscuits and gravy, some eggs, some sausage. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty, I mean, you're kind of in the South in a sense. They're giving you Southern comfort food for breakfast. Yeah. So I would recommend that. So to answer your question, Kim, in terms of the cost for the hotel, we paid $200 for both nights, so about $100 per night. And we redeemed our points through Chase Rewards. And so we didn't pay for it, really. So your other credit card, a Chase credit card, you have accrued points and then use those points for this hotel. Yes. Damn, did you even pay for this trip? (laughs) (laughs) Just barely, right? Okay, okay. I like it. You're fucking them hard. Yeah, fucking them hard. hard. So we checked into the hotel. As we were checking into the hotel, we knew we were going to hit the ground running, go get barbecue, go to Honky Tonk. And did you already know what barbecue place you were going to go? Yes and no. So the reason why I say that is when we checked in, we had asked the person checking us in for a recommendation. She gave us three places. One of the places that she gave us was actually the name of a barbecue joint that somebody else had given us who was from Nashville, who we met when we were hiking in Sedona. Uh, So we ran into them in Sedona. We were telling them as we were waiting in line to take a photo in the iconic Devil's Bridge area that we're going, I asked for a barbecue recommendation. He gave it. It was called Martin's Barbecue. And so that was on our radar as one of the possible places. She mentioned it, checking into the hotel. Martin's is it. It's like, well, that's it. That's two people. We're going to that place. And we ended up going there. And I'm not going to lie to you, completely disappointed with Martin's. There's like three or four locations. He advised us, the person that we met in Sedona, to go to one specific location like it's the best one. I forgot what it was called, what the specific location was called, but I didn't find it to be very good. Didn't think Brittany thought it was very good either. The mac and cheese was dry. Mm. The meat wasn't very good. The ribs? The ribs, the brisket, like everything. Like nothing of it was good. I'm not going to lie. Now, we could have gone there on a completely off day if multiple people that are locals are saying that it's good barbecue. 
I mean, probably it is. I think maybe we just had an off day, but our experience was like, oh, this is trash. So we were not satisfied <laughs> with our barbecue experience, but that was our dinner. And we're like, well, now it's time to go downtown and get some honky tonk action in. And we had been seeing ads for a honky tonk called Nudie's. And it features a rooftop area. So we were like, well, you know, we keep seeing ads for it. We saw it as we were driving down. So that's where we decided to go for our first honky tonk experience. Let me just say something real quick before we talk about the honky tonk experience. I know everybody loves to go to Nashville. Supposedly, it's one of the biggest bridesmaid spots to go to these days. Not bridesmaids, bachelorette. Bachelorette. That's what I should say. The bridesmaids <laughs> go with the uh, Bachelor bride. and bachelorette yeah, yeah, parties yeah. happen here and I knew it was famous for the live music, and it's basically on Broadway Street there. And I was just expecting like a whole big stretch of honky-tonk places. And then I get there, and I'm not exaggerating to you. It was literally two, two blocks. blocks on one street. And I'm just like, everybody's coming here for this? Like, imagine you go to Vegas and find out Vegas is only like two or three hotels. You know, like, this is what happened to us when we went here. It's, it's like, like you're going for Vegas, but you got Reno. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly how we felt. <laughs> I, I, My mind is blown how this place, and I'm not trashing on Nashville. I just had such an expectation of like, oh, man, like, this is a big area. It's going to be packed, which it was packed, but I thought it was going to be blocks and blocks of it. And it just wasn't. It was in such a small area that it was really shocking to me. But before we talk about getting into nudies, too, I want to bring this up because we talked about the walking and I said uh, it's better to do it than driving. Take a guess, Kim, on how much you think it costs to park for about like one hour in downtown Nashville. One hour parking. Hmm. I think something reasonable in a big city might be like 10 bucks an hour. So if you're saying it's crazy, maybe 25 the highest one that we saw really close to Broadway was $40 for the hour. For one hour? Yeah, it was crazy. Jeez. We were lucky to find a parking garage and walk away paying like 20 bucks for two and a half hours, like a couple blocks further away. But even that, I'm just like, this is crazy talk right here. So yes, I would recommend our hotel and walking across because parking down there, unless you're going to catch an Uber or Lyft or something, is absolutely ridiculous. You're going to be drinking anyway. You're going to be bar hopping from honky tonk to honky tonk all, all two, two blocks of it. Yeah. But I mean, it's going to be happening. So if you can avoid parking downtown, I would recommend it. But tell us about Nudie's, Brittany. So we went to Nudie's because one, the name's kind of interesting. <laughs> I know. I know what you were looking for. Yeah. Oh, I, I was... found something up top. Found something <laughs> up top. And so we wanted to go to the rooftop area, which looks down onto Broadway, which is like the main scene area, the two blocks that you can see side to side with the rest of the honky tonks, people walking up and down the street area. And it was a fun experience. Uh, the drinks were a little overpriced substantially for, overpriced what were they for two drinks i got a cocktail did you get a beer or a cocktail jamal i ended up getting a, a cocktail and not a beer also i forgot what i got so for two cocktails it was 34 dollars. whoa and they gave it to you i don't want to say they were like the red party cups but they were like smaller than red party cup size but like the clear plastic ones you know the water cups that they give you for free like at fast food restaurants the clear plastic ones it was that size seriously yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, okay, that's crazy. And I, I think I remember you texting me while you were on this trip, while you were there. And I was like, 
should have gone to Austin because over there you can get two double Red Bull vodka sodas for $16. That's actually a pretty good deal considering what we paid. But again, Mammoth Cave is not in Austin. Kim, we were stuck in Nashville. I shouldn't say stuck. I enjoyed the time, but it's a little different than I I'm had I'm wondering expected. if you saw so many ads for nudies and it's clearly a large venue right on Broadway, big attraction or tourist trap. I'm wondering if prices were like that everywhere or if this place was. They were because this wasn't the only honky-tonk that we went to. It was the only honky-tonk we went to that night. But we went to a couple other ones just checking them out in that area and pretty much online for the the prices. But what really kind of disappointed me, and again, I'm not a big country fan, but when you walk in, it was a kind of like exciting. I'm just like, ooh, everyone's in here. Uh, one, they didn't care about COVID. I'm just throwing that out there uh, also too, because it was in February before really a lot of people had had vaccines and they weren't really social distancing didn't in that respect. COVID, COVID didn't hit red state. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that when I was there. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you go and it was exciting. You know, I don't like country music that much, but they're playing the country music. It's cool, but there's no space. We have to go up a level. And then you get to the second level and it's kind of country music live that they're playing, but a little bit more like um, poppy style music. And then we get to the rooftop bar. And then if I didn't know from walking in that they were playing country music, I would think I was at any other club. It was like, it was like rap music and like uh, they were playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this like crazy stuff. I'm just <laughs> like, so that kind of took away from my experience a little bit because I saw it passing through. But there was just no space on any of the other levels to really experience like the country music aspect of it. Okay, question. Nudies or Hakazan? Hakusan, <laughs> for sure. But what our entertainment for the night was was there was a group, and one of the girls was fucking wasted. And while we were there on the rooftop, you're supposed to sit in one area, and if you got up, you're supposed to wear your mask. And she was like up dancing over like the railing portion, <laughs> and then the security guard would come by and tell her to like sit down and calm down, and then she would start rubbing her ass on him oh yeah, my God. she was like trying to grind on him and then he would like go away and then she would start dancing on her stool kind of like hanging over the bar edge like three four stories up oh right God. and so he would have to come back and forth and it was uh quite the battle between them that we were watching and it made for good entertainment. Really I, good entertainment. I, I saw her eyeing me a little bit though. I don't think she minded that Brittany was there. She she gave me that look. I kind of felt it. Is she <laughs> about to I mean? come over and start grinding on you too? I think so. I think so. Um, so but, when does it turn into nudies? Well, she was getting close to that level. I think if we stayed longer, we could have seen her get a little bit more wild and mm. really experience nudies as you nudies. You guys left too early. We left a little so. too early because we had an early morning the next what day. What time do they stop serving alcohol? That I don't know. We didn't make it until that time. I can't tell Are you. Are you kidding me? You go experience all two blocks yourself, <laughs> Kevin, and then you could tell us I need uh, to what know it this was. first. Yeah, yeah. If it's 2 a.m. and it's only two blocks. I right, have to imagine uh, a place like Nashville is like, I don't want to say it's like Vegas where it's 24-7, but I bet you it uh, goes well into the morning. I don't think it's like California 2 a.m. I think it's longer. Okay. But like Jamal said, we had to wrap up the night because we had to go to Mammoth Cave National Park in the morning. And like I mentioned earlier, it's only an hour and a half drive from Nashville, which is amazing. And truly, there's no entrance fees to enter the park. So Mammoth Cave National Park doesn't have an entrance fee. And the reason why, and I learned this on this trip, is because this was private land previously. And there are so many cemeteries on the grounds that they can't charge an entrance fee because a lot of people actually go to visit the cemeteries on the oh. national park land. 
Yeah, so no entrance fees to get into that area. It's a very beautiful, nice green forested area. Even though it was cold and in February, it was still kind of like green. There was still that color change of the leaves that weren't falling onto the ground yet. Mm. So it was really, really nice and majestic. But obviously, as beautiful as everything is around it, the main reason why you're going there is for the caves. And I didn't really do so much research and history on the cave itself. I thought to myself, oh, this is another cave, probably like Carlsbad Caverns, National Park in New Mexico. I've been to other caves. You have the stalagmites, stalactites. And I didn't think it wasn't going to be fun because even though I've been in multiple caves, each time I'm in one, it doesn't get old. It's still so breathtaking to see all of that. And I thought that's what we were going to be seeing, but I was sorely mistaken. Like I went to a cave and I didn't know I was in a cave really. It was wild. Yeah. And like Jamal mentioned earlier, we did book cave tours on recreation.gov. They ranged in price from anywhere from like $8 up to $66, depending on the length or the activities that you were doing there. But they only had two tours operating during COVID. During non-COVID times, they have 14 tours running. Hmm. Hey, travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries, one week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or road trip, a week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks, a road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks, Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance between attractions, plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, and their mileage, and the time to allow for each one, and so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram, at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking our all of the guesswork from the planning so all that you have to do is show up and have fun purchase your comprehensive travel squad podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com best of all they're on sale right now for $30 so travel on over and get yours today we want to thank our sponsor manscaped which is the best in men's below the waist grooming champion of the world manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join the over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TravelSquad at manscaped.com. I've been manscaping before Manscaped was even a product. And I can tell you this from all my times from puberty until now, since I've gotten my hands on the Lawnmower 4.0 and be one of the first men in America, let alone the world, to try this product, nothing has been better for me in my manscaping regimen. Imagine a sleek, well-designed, optimized trimmer that makes shaving the most enjoyable part of your bathroom experience. The Lawnmower 4.0 features a cutting-edge ceramic blade due to its skin-safe technology. It also has multiple guard lengths, a spotlight to guide your shave, and wireless charging capabilities. It is even waterproof, so you can take this bad boy with you into the shower. No worries about getting electric shock or nicks on your family jewels whatsoever with this product. I know my balls have thanked me, and your balls will thank you. And so will the ladies in your life. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with code TRAVELSQUAD at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code TRAVELSQUAD. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly, cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But Mammoth Cave was really, really interesting because it has a lot of history. It's actually not only just a national park. It's also a UNESCO World Heritage Site due to how much history it has inside of it. Hmm. Yeah, and as Brittany said, it's the longest cave system in the world that has over 400 miles traced and actually mapped out. And it's so massive. I mean, that's why it got its name, Mammoth Cave. And like I said, when we first got in there, before we did our tour guide, obviously they give us the briefing of what we're going to be going through, what we're going to be seeing. And then that's when they hit me with the big news where I said earlier, it's not like any of the other caves. This is the only like major cave system in the world where there are no stalagmites and stalactites. When you're in there, it's almost like a carved out tunnel. So that totally threw me off. I'm just like, well, then what the hell am I going to be going in here and seeing? Like, why do I want to see a tunnel? But then they hit you with the history of that cave specifically itself. And you're just like, oh my God, like my mind's blown away. And in a sense, it is a huge carved out tunnel carved out by underground rivers. That's how the cave was formed. And, you know, Jamal said it has over 400 miles traced. Well, they're still currently tracing it. So the cave just keeps expanding and expanding Mm. every time they go further and further into the cave and do expeditions. So the cave was actually discovered about 5,000 years ago by Native Americans. And they don't know how or why it was discovered, but they found artifacts within the cave to help date back to that time. Like they have found bundled sticks that they believe were used as torches. They found shoes. In fact, they've even found a dead man's body that was completely preserved because the cave is really, really a dry environment and it stays cool all year round. And so his body was perfectly preserved. And how old was the body? Did, Did they tell you? They did. I don't really remember how old they said that the person was. They said that they're able to tell that they think like when he was in there that a rock fell on him and he had gotten stuck and trapped in there. But I don't remember the age in which they said they were. They even went as far as to say at one point they removed the body, put it on tour and took it like a few places on display. And then they realized, oh, he was starting to decay. decay. 
and they figured it would be best to re-put him back in the cave. Oh. So they put him best uh, as best they could in the original spot in which they actually found him. But for a while, they took the body out and then they put it back in uh, to honor like the <laughs> fact that it was the final rest. I know, but think about it. When they discovered him, I mean, this was like the early 1900s, if you will, and you know. They did things a lot differently back then, right? I mean, it's not like now if they found it where they would take into consideration like, no, this is this person's final resting place. Let's leave them. Let's do that. Let's preserve the fact that it is hmm. what it is. So were you able to see it or you didn't go to that portion of the cave? They said that it's kind of behind in this area, but no, we weren't able to go and actually uh, see it. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah. But like Brittany was saying, because it's so dry, like, okay, in the past, water ran through there and that's what created the cave itself. But no water falls through the rocks to create the stalagmites and stalactites. So that's, again, going back to what I was saying, where it was really, really unique in that way. There's not really any other cave system in the world that's like that, where there's not like water dripping through the rocks. And because it was so dry, it was able to preserve it and mummify that uh, indigenous person's body. But the history that they started telling and actually how this cave they were going as far as to say if it wasn't for this cave, we really wouldn't be an independent nation anymore. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Brittany? Do you remember what they were saying? They said that they used the salt pewters and that helped make all of the gunpowder for the War of 1812. Oh. And so they still have artifacts of that still preserved within the mine. And so because of that, we were able to win the war. Yeah, wow. be, because uh, we were fighting the British in the War of 1812, and that's really where we got most of our gunpowder from. And why would our enemy sell us <laughs> gunpowder to actually go and fight them? Yet the only place that they really knew of to get the materials they needed to make the gunpowder was actually there, the salt pewter that they have naturally like within those caves. So it became a whole mining operation. And I forgot what they said the statistic was, but they said something like 95% of the shots fired by Americans came based out of what they had mined out of that cave itself. And so you can still see remnants of all the old mining operations like through there of uh, what they were doing when they were mining. And we were able to see all of this on the Broadway tour that we took. At the time that we went, it was about $11 per person. And it's a really cool cave tour because they don't brightly light the cave. It's just a very gentle light light and so gives a nice ambiance and then you're going through and they're talking about all of the history the war of 1812 you're seeing the salt pewter mining and then you go by some structures that are still standing and they actually used the cave as a tuberculosis hospital because they thought that it might cure tuberculosis because of mm. like the climate inside of the cave and it's also the oldest cave tour in the United States as well. So it just has all of that history and they tell you all about that all throughout this tour. Yeah. And going back to a little bit of what Brittany was saying on the lighting, you know, in other caves, they kind of just have it very subtly lit, but the whole thing is lit of the area in which you're seeing and walking through. Right. And I don't know if they do this differently because we went kind of during COVID times versus non-COVID times, but 
each interval that you had gone through, because you could only get in the cave if it's guided, it's not free for you to walk around or do anything, they would turn on the lights to the next section and then turn off the lights to the section that you just came from. So they only had one section at a time lit up. And so it really gave you a sense of just that darkness in there, right? And it's always humbling when you're in a cave. And then at one point, our tour guide turned off all the lights and he lit just an old school style lantern that they would have had. And he said, this is what a lantern of light would have gotten you. You want to make sure this doesn't go out. And then he prefaced it to say, like, look at these stick bundles that we found here from the Native Americans when they came. And we saw how far they've explored back. They've explored miles back. Imagine if their light went out or them coming down here. What was their purpose? What were they doing? We yeah. really don't know. And so they just tie that whole experience from the natives in there to the war of 1812. And it just gives you an amazing perspective of that cave and the history that took place there. It's so unique. I loved it. Yeah. And earlier we were talking about the artifacts that were found inside the cave. And they talked a lot about that during the other tour that we took, which was called the Mammoth Passage Tour. That tour was only $8 per person when we went. And you can actually see the artifacts that they left behind. They have them on display and you just get to see some of the biggest rooms inside the cave system. And so it's really good for people that don't like tight spaces. Sometimes when you think of a cave, you might feel claustrophobic, mm -hmm. but in this cave, it's mammoth. It's huge. So you really didn't ever feel that way while walking through this. That's cool. So you did two tours. We did in one day. Yeah, we did the two tours. We did one, then we exited and then it was like, 30, 45 minutes later was our second tour that we did. And these tours are good beginner tours and that's all that they were actually doing because of COVID. They said the other tours that they do have Again, one, they're longer. They require you to go in tighter spaces. Some of them even crawl, so they're not conducive for kids. But they said because of COVID, they're not trying to compact everybody into mm -hmm. those uh, areas. I don't think if we had gone during normal times, these would have been any of the ones that we did. Maybe, maybe not. But one of the ones Brittany was looking at, I know, it was like four hours of just straight crawling in there and doing stuff and exploring. Which that were, would be yeah, the, the know, tour right? Brittany wants to do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I th that would be fun, too. But would I have gotten all that history that I got on this? too and it was prefaced in such a way that just made it really exciting there was another tour that i was interested other than the one that crawls into like tight spaces where it's kind of like at dawn and you have to carry a lantern through and so i felt oh. like that would be really cool to see Definitely couldn't have been out at nudies till late night for that one. Oh, he definitely couldn't have been. And by the way, you are in a cave. It stays 54 degrees approximately like year round. So uh, you need in the cave. a sweater. You need to, to be warm. That's for sure. So although we really explored the cave, there are other things to do in the area. There is hiking. Can you imagine we didn't go hiking while we were in this national what? park? Why not? Well, again, like the name of the park is Mammoth Caves National Park. So I really wanted to focus on the cave and not so much on the hiking outside of the area. I feel like we can go hiking anywhere. Um, Who's talking right now? I know, right? <laughs> I wasn't complaining. But yeah, that shocked me that she didn't try to pull that one. You know what it was, Kim? I don't want to get too far ahead of herself. She wanted to go back and reattempt barbecue at a second place. So ah. that's why no hike was uh, on the list. She was like, I need to go get barbecue. <laughs> We're like, we got to redeem the barbecue scene out here in Tennessee. Okay. So when we had asked the receptionist at our hotel, her recommendation, one of the places she recommended was called Peg Leg Porker. And so after Martin's, we're like, mm, 
Like, you know, <laughs> can we trust this one? But did uh, you go and look at pictures and like check out the moistness of the Mac? Well, we did go check out some pictures for Peg Leg Porker. She gave another location to, I forgot what it was, but we looked at the photos for Peg Leg Porker and we saw their actual menu sign, like when you order. And it's one of those old school signs where like you literally put up the the letters on the board and it's lit oh. from the back. It's like, this has potential to be like a real solid mom and pop. Like this has to be good. We're going to go try it. And we did. And let me tell you something. Grade A prime barbecue. It redeemed the barbecue scene for me out in Nashville. And I was a little concerned about that because in the name Peg Lake Porker, they only sell pork there. So you're getting ribs, pulled pork, other stuff. And as much as I love pork with barbecue, Brittany and I love brisket. Well, brisket's beef. And so I was like, ah, oh, but you didn't really have a good brisket experience. But we we're like, no, 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 we're going to go to Peg Leg Porker. Tell them what we got, Brittany. I mean, it was so good. Brittany and I still talk about Peg Leg Porker amongst ourselves now. So we got the ribs, we got a pulled pork sandwich, we got the mac and cheese, and the mac and cheese was nice and creamy and rich. It wasn't dry at all. We got a side of green beans, and to top it all off, we got a cup of banana pudding. Banana pudding? Banana pudding. That's a barbecue thing in the South. That's like one of their desserts, banana banana pudding. Banana pudding. Yes. Mm. 10 out of 10 would recommend peg leg porker. And in the banana pudding, they crush up some like Nilla wafers that they put in Mm. there too for the texture. Like it's a, it's a whole ordeal and it is bomb. I think that the day that we have Nashville hot chicken, when we record, we should also make, recreate this pudding. Yes. That would be so good. And then Jamal was like, you know what? I haven't gotten my fill on honky tonk experience. So we had to go back out and hit honky tonk scene. So we explored the other block of Nashville and Broadway. Nice. You saw the whole thing one weekend. It was an ordeal of trying to figure out which one we were going to do. Honestly, people are waiting outside to get in. And obviously, like I said, they really didn't have restrictions in terms of like people that they were letting in. But I have to imagine during non-COVID times, it's a lot more crowded and meaning a lot more people like waiting in line. So since there's only so few places to go to, like you could really probably be waiting in line for a while. Like we waited in line to get into the next one for about what, like 25, 30 minutes to get in. And this was kind of like midday, not even in the evening Saturday yet. You know, Mm -hmm. it still wasn't sundown at that point. And we went to Honky Tonk Central. Like I said, we had to wait to get in line. Another three-story And they have the live bands more so at the bottom. This one, we were lucky. They kept the country theme going all the way to the top. So they put us in the top one. We didn't have space to get our own table. They put us at a bar surrounded by everybody. It's a big round bar in the middle, tables on the outside, stage at the front. They were actually doing cover of Shania Twain, speaking of Shania Twain earlier, actually. And this is where I got my honky-tonk feel, kept that real country vibe. Two drinks. We got one mixed drink and one beer, $17 here. But I think it's because I got the beer. If I got a mixed drink, uh, it would have been probably close to what it was at Nudie's. Because Brittany's was that big end of that mixed drink cost. Did you guys wear cowboy boots? I don't own a pair of cowboy boots, Kim. (laughs) I wish he did. And a cowboy hat. Yeah. Could have bought me one out there, Brittany. I should have. But no, we didn't wear cowboy boots. But it was really cool to be inside the honky tonk and just like hear all of the live music and their covers. And, it, it, you know, it's just a really fun environment. Maybe it's only two blocks because everything is three stories. That could be true. I mean, I've said it and kind of made a joke about it. 
but I'm really doing that because that totally blew my mind. I know it's really a very popular place domestically for a lot of people to go. Mm -hmm. I would say without the gambling, it might even be the Vegas of the East Coast in terms of like a place to go drinking. They do do call it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vegas of the South. Right. And do celebrations for like Bachelor, Bachelorette, etc. So that's what just shocked me with the limited size of only like a couple blocks. So I'm, I'm knocking on it, but you know, it is what it it's is. It's the biggest little city in the South. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think also too, during like COVID times, everyone is sitting at a seat, but I imagine that in non-COVID times, that place would be packed with people just standing in between, going up to the bar. Um, you'd probably be able to transfer levels a lot more easily. So I just imagine it being a lot more busy. Yeah. So, I mean, that was our honky tonk experience. I got my fill. I'm not even going to lie a little bit. Brittany at that point had already had her first vaccine. I had not, you know, she was part of first phase as a nurse. And so I was in there and I don't mind being inside, but really they were giving no shits whatsoever in terms of capacity and people around each other. So we were in there, but I I was feeling a little nervous. I ain't going to lie about that. Well, you live to see another day. I live to see another day. That's right. I live to see both vaccines in my arm. (laughs) (laughs) So after we finished up at Honky Tonk Central, we called it a night. And the next day we were flying out since it was just a weekend trip. But we had to still eat some Nashville hot chicken. Mm -hmm. So we went to a place called Party Fowl. And that's where we got our Nashville hot chicken. So we were in a real dilemma of where we were going to get our hot chicken. Because there's a couple famous places that you can actually go to. And so we ended up settling on Party Fowl. And the party foul that we were originally going to go to was really, really crowded. By the time we got there, they told us it was going to be like an hour and a half wait. And we're like, well, we're on our way to the airport. Like, we can't wait that long by the time we eat. Interestingly enough, there was another party foul outside of city center closer to the airport. So we went to that party foul. But do you remember the name, Brittany, of the other place that's highly, highly recommended? I want to say it was called Hattie Bees. Hattie Bees. That's right. And so... From what I read online, Hattie B's is a hit or miss. Like people either really rave and review about it and then other people really say like it's not that good. I've even heard of it. And I wonder if it's like a Martin situation for the barbecue people that we talked to were all about Martins and we had it. And it's like, eh. So, but what I saw more recently about Hattie B's was that they are inconsistent. Like that was the reviews that I Mm. saw online. And so we were like, all right, we're going to do party foul. Depends how much they were at the honky tonk the night before, I guess. That could have a lot to do with (laughs) it, I think. Makes it better. So Jamal ended up getting a beer at Party Foul and they had these really cool beer cups where there was a hole in the bottom and (laughs) there was a magnet and instead of pouring the beer from tap, like from the top, you would place the glass cup down and it would fill from the bottom up and then automatically stop. So it was really Hmm. cool to see. And then so Jamal was like, he was so intrigued by this new invention that he's never seen before. I've never seen beer filled that way uh, on draft. And it just totally blew my mind. And you kind of already gave it away, Brittany, that it was a magnet. My thought was like, okay, like these are special cups. It has some sort of like hole at the bottom, obviously, to fill it. But I thought that hole only opens when it's on whatever nozzle at the bottom is filling it. Like it seals into it. And then like because of that, like it opens. So I thought, well, if it's not on that, it's closed. So I'm like halfway through my beer, maybe a little bit more than halfway. And then finally, like I'm just like really looking at the bottom of my glass. I'm like trying to figure out how the hell did they fill this from the bottom? And so I poke 
up at it because I think, again, it's part of the glass and it turns out to be that magnet and I lost the placing on it and my whole rest of my beer just spilt all oh. over it onto my lap. We were at Party Foul. That's a Party Foul, let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> yes. crazy. But so- let's talk about the hot chicken though. Yes. Oh my gosh. The hot chicken was so good. I got a Nashville hot chicken sandwich mm. and it was delicious. Perfect kick, pickles on the side, on the white bread. It was really good. Yeah. The hot chicken here was absolutely amazing. As much as I love peg leg porkers, I think the hot chicken for me really stole the show. Like I enjoyed this. Nashville very, hot chicken. I know. I know. I enjoyed it very, very much. Lives up to its name. So when you go to Nashville, you got to get some hot chicken, got to get some peg leg porkers, maybe skip Martin's. I'm just going to say. Okay. So a question for you on barbecue. Remember the ribs and mac we had from, what was it, Fourth Hole? The Fourth Hole. It's something, <laughs> fourth Hole in Jackson, Wyoming. It was something hole, big hole, red big hole. Big hole. Something like that. That ribs and mac were bomb. So that or Peg Lake Porker? Well, the mac at Peg Lake Porker was better. Oh. I will say. Banana pudding. I, I, I do love our barbecue experience that we actually had uh, when we were in Jackson. I think that's what recently got Brittany on her barbecue kick was Me having too. the barbecue there. I will say this, though. Brittany touched on it earlier. In Nashville, they really do a dry rub, so they don't cook the ribs with sauce. I like ribs with sauce. Not Mm -hmm. that you can't get the sauce on the side and dip. That's just not really my thing. So the ribs in general, I would say like, eh, they were decent at Peg League Porker, but not my favorite. But the pulled pork, that pulled pork sandwich that we had with the coleslaw, I mean, it was just absolutely dynamite all the sides and the fixings so a little bit of each i can't say which one was better but overall barbecue maybe jackson just because of the way i like the ribs and Mm -hmm. i had brisket too Mm -hmm. okay yeah i would i would have to agree with that i think that peg leg porker though that banana pudding man just was so good so good and that mac and cheese but it really was jackson that confirmed my love for barbecue and i i think of that place often Okay, good to know. Yeah, this was a fun little weekender. I mean, we flew out on the Friday. We went to the park on the Saturday. We're able to fit in local food, local uh, activities with the honky-tonk, and then just flying back on that Sunday here. And I'm glad you actually mentioned this earlier and we're saying this stuff like, oh, cheap trip and, you know, utilizing the credit cards, whether it be the Southwest or the Chase Sapphire. When we were at the Nashville airport, Chase Sapphire Reserve, lounge access, mini suites. Brittany and I, before our flight, were able to check into those mini suites, pull out the bed, take mm. a little nap and relax and do stuff in there. What so, kind of stuff? <laughs> well, you don't want to know, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you off the podcast. <laughs> All right. So we're in luck this week. We got a question of the week. Woo! And this one is coming from June from Boston. And June is asking, what is the biggest foodie city in the U.S.? I would like to say it's Chicago because I feel like there's a lot of really good restaurants in Chicago. They have the Riverwalk with a whole bunch of rooftop bars and really good restaurants. They have some Michelin star restaurants there as well. My pick would be Chicago. I think everyone says New York City. And sure, every big city is going to have massive amounts of food, right? Mm -hmm. But what are those hidden gems? I'm trying to think too. And 
obviously LA has so much good food. So does San Diego, really. Mm-hmm. Orange County, actually. So I have never really explored Orange County, but I have a coworker of mine who is a huge foodie. He's actually a starred Yelp person. They send him to events to taste Whoa. food. Oh, wow. Look at this Because he reviews guy. so much food. And he swears by Orange County, especially for Asian food. Interesting. I knew Orange County was big for Asian cuisine, all types of Asian cuisine, mind you. Uh, I do know that. But uh, we'll have to check out Orange County. There's one county up. That sounds exciting. Yes, day trip. You know, when you asked that question, Kim, though, I was racking my brain not for an answer, but what did that question mean, right? Are we talking like a city like Austin that has like lots of mom and pop stuff? Are we Mm. talking a city that has its own local cuisine in a sense with something like, for example, Mm. like San Francisco with clam chowder? Or or New Orleans. Yeah, right, right. So... I don't know what that question means, though my first thought was actually Las Vegas. But then yeah. uh, I think so because you can get anything you want at a high level, Michelin starred, cheap eats, good stuff. But it's not really, I don't want to say authentic food because it is, but it's like, it's not of the city. It's because it's Las Vegas, yeah. right? So I yeah. don't know the answer to that, actually. That's a that's a really hard question. That, I, I, like I said, I'm still trying to decipher the question. That's really tough for me. I think New Orleans, too, because it's so known for their southern food and, mm, and the Cajun, Cajun food. Cajun food. But you know what? I mean, there's obviously tons of great cities with tons of great food. But since we were talking about Orange County and all of us kind of lights went off in our heads that we haven't really explored Orange County or their food scene. I would love to do a day trip where the goal of our trip is to like have this food tour where we go and get like one or two or things or whatever and just keep moving on. I would love to do that. That sounds like an all day event that I could do. Anything with eating food all day is a good plan for me. And we have to do it like if we're going to go to this ice cream place, we get one ice cream and we all eat it. Go to the next place. Get one app. Go We're getting like tapas yes. throughout the county. Sounds like a good time. All right. Well, thanks for this question, June. And thank you all so much for tuning into this week's episode. To keep the adventures going with us, please follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. Tag us in your adventures and send us in your question of the week. If you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.